Let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit our podcast page, biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to some Bible study resources and all of our previous episodes. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our study. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of your word. We thank you for the opportunity that we have here to study together. We invite your presence to be with us. Give us wisdom and understanding and help us to rightly divide your words of truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Our passage for this study, which is entitled, Search Me, O God. That passage is found in Psalm 139. We're going to look at verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139 is a, it's really one of the, the psalms that I like. And I like it because it's a conversation that David is having with the Lord about searching him. One of the things that's interesting as we go through this, we're going to go through this psalm a bit and reflect on some of what it um, addresses here. But one of the things that's really interesting is that sometimes in your communication with God, you recognize that he knows who you are. He understands everything about who you are. And yet you have to um, you, you're talking to him about how you feel, about what you think, about what struggles you have, and you realize that it's too easy for us to delude ourselves. We may be thinking we're okay or only have this one problem, and it's much greater than that. And at some point, you just have to relinquish it and say, Lord, you know what? Instead of me telling you how I feel and who I am, I need you to tell me who I am and, and, and figure out where I am. Look at how Psalm 139 goes. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou hast known my down sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. These are really incredible passages that tell us that God reads our mind. He knows what we're thinking about. You can't hide anything from him um, in any way. You can't conceal it. You can't, there's, there's just no place. And uh, we have done other podcasts where we talk about God knowing the future and, and knowing things about us and it not having any impact on our free will. God does not infringe on our free will, despite what knowledge he has of it. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, 
but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Right? So, again, the emphasis is, I'm not fooling you, Lord. You know who I am. You know what I'm about. You know what I'm thinking. Whatever it is that comes out of my mouth, you knew it was coming. So you know me. You understand me. Verse 5. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Now, this is not a negative connotation. This is the Lord is ahead of us and behind us and he's with us, right? He's, he's, David is mentioning this in more a sense of protection than confrontation. Verse 6 says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, or the grave more precisely, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Okay? Here, again, he's emphasizing, David is emphasizing that there are no circumstances under which we can hide from God. And it's really, if you think that that's a profound statement just in relation to yourself, just imagine that every person on the planet this applies to at the same time, right? One of the things about dealing with God in, in Scripture, when we look at the stories in Scripture, there are very few stories where they show overlap, right? There are very few stories in the Bible where you see concurrency of action, something here and something over there. Most of the times, the stories are given to us in a very um, sequential fashion, in an isolated fashion, where you don't give a lot of consideration to, meanwhile, over there, such and such is happening. And a part of that, I feel, at least, is that it prevents us from being overwhelmed with the realization that all of these things are happening at the same time, and yet God is not confused or distracted by them. But we should give it consideration. Every now and then, you should just think that while you're engaged in praying about a situation or while you are um, wrestling with God about something in your life, other people are also doing it, and yet he's able to pay attention to you and to them. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. The word here, which is translated as reins, uh, figuratively means the organs, right? Organs of the body, the, the mind. The word translated as possessed would be better translated as established or erected or created. And 
is essentially saying the first half of the verse and the second half of the verse are really synonymous. That was possess my reins is really you created me, you orchestrated me, you you built me, you developed me, right? So the first part, thou hast possessed my reins, is synonymous with the second part, thou covered me in my mother's womb. So where did the Lord create all of us who are not Adam? He created us at at that point of conception, is really what the psalmist is, is trying to convey here. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. <laughs> that's that's a, a long-winded way of talking about the prenatal process, right? The development of the embryo. David is pointing out that the Lord saw and oversaw the formation of man. And not just in the general sense or not just in the sense of Adam, but each one of us, he pays attention to that formation. He is aware, he is alert, right? I know a lot of times we want, we, try to use that, or people try to use that, to blame him for the, for the way things turn out in this life. Um, we've addressed that in previous podcasts, and we're going to be addressing that in an upcoming podcast to some degree. But what the Bible is showing here is that the Lord is actively engaged in humanity. He pays attention to what's going on here. He's not an absentee deity. So these verses from verse 13 or so to 16, referencing the formation of the human. Verse 17 says, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake... I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. That's verse 19. Now, from 19 onward, we're going to see something kind of interesting. So David has been talking about God and his awareness of us and his oversight of us. And now he's going to get into his relationship with God and God's relationship with the wicked. Okay? And there's, a, there's an important point to this. Verse 20. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am not I grieved with them that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Okay, so David is asserting in verses 21 and 22, he is asserting how the wicked behave. In 21 and 22, he's talking about his response to them. Right? 19 and 20 are how they behave. Uh, 21 and 22 are his response to them. 
But then he says in 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's easy to just read verses 23 and 24 and close it out, right? It started in verse 1 with search me, O Lord, and it ends with search me, O God. But there's more to it than this. As I was reading this passage this past week, a perspective occurred to me. Verses 19 and 20 talk about the wicked. And 21 and 22 talk about David's hatred of the wicked and his love for God. And sometimes when I am contemplating these passages, I recognize that my hatred of the wicked, and I, and I don't mean as people, as individuals, right? I don't have time to be picking on individuals to hate in that fashion. But my own hatred of wickedness is sometimes tainted. Like sometimes I realize that I don't have the kind, if I compare how I'm certain Jesus behaved as it relates to wickedness and how I feel about wickedness, I notice defects and deficiencies. And I can almost feel David saying, I hate wickedness. I hate people that are against you, Lord. Right? I count the wicked as my enemies, but I need you to check my heart. I know that my heart can be deceitful and desperately wicked, and only you can know it. And I need you to look. Right? It's one thing for me to give a self-assessment and say, yes, this is how I feel about righteousness and wickedness. But I actually need you to look. Because you know, I can't, uh, there's no way for me to trick you, fool you. I can't sp put spin. But I could be fooling myself. And I need you to look. And I need you to search me. And I need you to try me. Now, the interesting thing about the trying, God doesn't try us for him, for his knowledge. Because the, this chapter is very clear. We don't even have to go to other chapters to corroborate this. This chapter is very clear that God knows us and understands us and has understood us since our formation. David knows this, right? So the trying, the experiences where God tries us are for us to become aware of what God is already aware of related to us. David is asking that God search him, know his heart, and try him, and know his thoughts, and see if there's any wicked way in him, and lead him in the way everlasting. What David is asking for, and, and what I see in these passages, is David wanting to be sure in verses 23 and 24, that what he desires, as expressed in verses 21 and 22, is legitimate. David wants the Lord to look at it. It's, it's almost like he's doing his math homework and he feels confident about it. But he says, Dad, can you look at this, please? I just want to make sure I got these right. Right? David feels good about 
what he believes, what he thinks he believes. But he recognizes that ultimately God is the only one who can tell him that he's on the right path or not. And that if he's wrong, God can show him, God can reveal to him where his heart really is. And God can lead him in the right path. And that's what that prayer is. And, and verses 21 through 24 have a lot more impact when you understand verses 1 through 20. We need God to search us and to know us and to try us so that we know ourselves, so that we understand where we are and so that we rely on him for strength. We can feel as positive and as comfortable as we want and as pious as we want, but at the end of the day, we could be deceiving ourselves. We need to rely on God and his Holy Spirit to indicate to us where we are and if we're in the right path and lead us in the way everlasting. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you we thank you, Lord, for this psalm. We thank you for this request that David makes that should be our request. Lord, we want to do what's right. We want to love the things you love, hate the things you hate. But we know that we have a tendency to deceive ourselves. And so we ask you to search us and to let us know what the result is and to help us to see expose to us who we really are and lead us in the way of everlasting life. Please bless us, we pray. Help us to meditate on these things as we move forward. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. Remember, you can find Rightly Divide the Word of Truth on Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you normally obtain your podcasts. And also, remember that you can find True Wisdom on the same podcast platforms. Please feel free to contact us via email at BibleQuestions at ASBZone.com. Whether you have questions, comments, or concerns, we look forward to hearing from you. If you're finding this channel to be a blessing, please take the time to share our page with others. And always keep our ministry in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study His Word.